Welcome to Your Best You Today, the online radio show that uncovers the hidden truths and dispels the myths about food, nutrition, and exercise for anyone of any age. Every day you make dozens of decisions that will either have a positive or negative impact on your health. Join naturopathic doctor Kevin Jackson along with Rob Heppel to learn how you can start making your best you today. Welcome to the Your Best You Today show. I'm your host, Rob Heppel, and joined with our health expert, Dr. Kevin Jackson. Dr. Kevin is a naturopathic doctor and has been helping people find natural solutions to their health issues for over 25 years. With the Your Best You Today online radio show, we're going to dive into common health issues and explore natural solutions to them. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Kevin. Hey, Rob. Hey, so like last show, we hit caffeine hard. Uh, You know, I think... People are not going to like us. You know, first of all, we uh, tell them how bad sugar was. And not only did we do it once, we did it twice. And then they're thinking, okay, well, you know, you're trying to get me off of uh, all the sugar. At least I've got my coffee and, you know, my caffeine fix. And I think we put a real good dent into those people last show. And you're not going to let up. You're going to tackle uh, caffeine once again. Well, you know, I mean, I think, you know, as I was saying before, um, it's the type of thing that can be a real game changer for people with regard to their health. You know, you know people ingest coffee, tea, uh, energy drinks, soft drinks that contain caffeine on a regular basis, and you don't think anything of it. You, it's just part of your routine. You're not thinking this is you know having negative implications on my health. So yeah, I mean this you know, and as we talked about last time, it's. We have a love affair with coffee, especially uh, some people with tea as well. But really, it's about coffee, and you know, with the routine and the and the aroma and the and the flavor and all the good things that go with it, it's it's a uh, it's very hard to give up for people. And so, you know, people often come into my office and say, you know, take anything out of my diet, just don't take my coffee. And so, you know, it can be difficult, and I and I understand that it's difficult. But you know, uh, you know, as I touched on last time. Uh, if you are a hundred percent healthy, you have zero health concerns. Um, you know, then you, you can probably get away with drinking it occasionally. But for most people, they can't or they won't drink it occasionally. They they end up drinking it every single day, and that's where you put. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it acts like a mild poison in your body. And if you put a mild poison in your body every single day, it's going to catch up to you at some point. And um, you know, we're going to be talking about some of these things a little later on in this show about. You know, if you're ingesting this for a prolonged period of time, what can happen? What might happen? You know, what, uh, um, you, you know, and I, I think that's the important thing is, you know, if, if a person can use moderation and they're really healthy, I wouldn't worry about it. Now, you, you'd mentioned uh, in the last in the last episode that we talked about caffeine that, you know, one of your patients said that it was almost harder to kick caffeine than, than cocaine. Yeah. And... Like so, what makes it addictive? Like, is it is there is it an addictive drug or a, an addictive substance? Well, there is. You know, it does have a mild addictive effect physiologically on the human body. But I think the biggest addictive factors are those associations that we make with it: the aroma, the taste, the the social situation, the the comfort, the warmth, the you know all the things that we tie into it. The you know the first thing we do in the morning when we're by ourselves reading the newspaper, or that you know there's there's all these things that we tend to associate with caffeine. The you know the the enjoyment we have with friends around a you know, a, a cup of coffee uh, at the coffee house. 
these all play, I think, a major role in, in why it's it's so difficult to, to give this up. And then, you know, obviously when you try to give it up, you, you, you don't feel so well. And so a lot of people say, well, I'm not doing that anymore. I'll just pass on that. We'll just go back to the coffee. So, but it's really worth doing and it's worth spending. It's only three or four days typically to get over it as far as the headache and the lethargy and all the things that go with that. And if you can push through that, then you're, you're out the other side and, uh, you know, good things tend to happen from that point forward. Now, is there, um, and this is a little off topic, but is there, like when we compare North Americans to other areas, so say Europe, where, um, like if you're talking about Italy and they have their little espresso houses and stuff like that mm-hmm. um you know that's part of their culture is is it um you know even though it's pretty potent are they seeing the same effects or have we like what we we as north americans do with a lot of things supersize it you know, like consume way more than what others do and just make it really worse or are they battling the same issues no that's a great point you know and i think uh there's something be, to set be said for that you know, an espresso, you know, is typically, I think, around 75 milligrams of caffeine, whereas, you know, a Starbucks Grande is 330 milligrams of caffeine. So, you know, it's four times more caffeine. So, you know, as you say, you know, in Italy, they'll have a little espresso and then that's it uh, for them, or they'll maybe have one more in the day. Whereas, you know, you get people having three, four Grandes and, you know, they've they're taking six, ten times more caffeine than the person who's having that little espresso. So there's no doubt that that plays a huge role. You know, it's the quantity, how much we put into our body on a daily basis that is is what really inevitably is responsible for the negative health implications long-term. Because typically it's long-term. You know, this isn't something that you have one cup of coffee and you're going to have some, you know, severe health concerns. So what what are some of these? So we, ta- we talked last time about... Uh, you know, some of the gastro issues, heart, circulation, what 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 else could there be? Well, caffeine is a diuretic, and so it's going to make you urinate more frequently. And so that can have an implication, a negative implication, in that it's going to potentially get you up at night. So some people get up to urinate two, maybe even three times a night. And if you've already got that problem to start with, as many seniors do, now you're just exacerbating an already problematic situation and um, you know and for some people even if it just wakes them up once at night and they don't get back to sleep uh, soon thereafter then that's going to affect their, their their day the next day so a diuretic is, is not a good thing because you know most of us uh, don't get enough fluid into our body to start with so we don't want things that are pushing fluid out of our body so you know that's that's one thing the other thing is that um, uh, it uh, has a, a negative effect on sleep generally. I know we talked a little bit about this last time, uh, and that is that it affects the quality of our sleep. So, it, you know, we don't get as deep a sleep when, in fact, you do fall asleep. So what I often find is that when people are drinking a lot of caffeinated substances or ingesting caffeine on a regular basis is... They'll often say to me, you know, I wake up in the morning, I get eight hours, but I don't feel rested when I wake up. And then I get them off the caffeine, and now they're starting to actually wake up earlier, and they feel rested. So they're getting less sleep, and they feel better in the morning. And to me, that's a really important question that I ask virtually every patient that comes into my office. Do you feel rested on waking? The answer is no. We have to find out why, because that should never happen. 
Now, for some people, it's because they're getting four hours sleep, uh, in which case, obviously, the, the, the solution is very straightforward. But, you know, when, if you're getting eight hours sleep and as an adult and you don't feel rested on waking, something is amiss. And caffeine is a big player in that for a, a lot of people. You know, the American Medical Journal, um, there was a, a study that was reported that showed that there was this close correlation between caffeine consumption and decreased bone density or osteoporosis in women. And, you know, osteoporosis is becoming a big deal nowadays. I see, you know, so many patients, especially women over the age of 50, that have severe osteoporosis. Now, osteoporosis um, is basically thinning of the bones and uh, increased risk of, of fracture. Uh, it starts off as osteopenia, typically, so that's kind of the precursor, and then people become osteoporotic and then potentially severely osteoporotic, and caffeine is a big player in this. Sugar also plays a role in it, and we, we, you know, we, I think we might have touched base on that uh, a little bit a uh, couple episodes ago, but... Uh, but really, caffeine is, is one of the biggest players in this, and especially people who ingest a lot of caffeine. Um, also, uh, you know, nervousness generally. You know, people typically can feel nervous and are more prone to tremors when they ingest caffeine on a regular basis. So, you know, tremors, like a familial t- tremor, some people just find they shake a lot. And getting off caffeine can often play a, a major role in helping that. The, one of the common things that people come in to see me about are stress-related illnesses. Or, you know, they've got a lot of stress in their life. Um, they're dealing with things that are out of their control. That can be, you know, family issues and and their job, uh, and you know, and making life difficult for them. Well, caffeine stresses the adrenal glands, and the adrenal glands are the very glands that help us deal with stress. So if you stress the glands that help us deal with stress, that means that we don't deal with stress very effectively. So it has more of a physiological effect on us when we're exposed to stress. So the net effect then is that caffeine helps negatively affect the very glands that help us deal with stress. So, okay, hold on, Kev. So, you know, I've been in, you know, for my own working environment and me with my work dealing with uh, uh, like developers and things like that. If I've had a project and, you know, if I've got a deadline, I used to like, okay, you know what? I need to just hammer through this. I need three solid hours of work and I'm going to grab a coffee. And these other guys, they'll grab like like uh, energy drinks like Red Bull or Monster and they'll knock a couple of them back and then they hammer through. Like the pressure's on. So like why do we think that that's the solution when you just said that, like we're – like, it's, it's going to give us the opposite effect. Well, I mean, the, the one effect that people do get from caffeine is that it, it increases mental acuity. Um, it, you know, you can actually think faster. Uh, so I guess people use it because they need to, you know, have all their faculties about them. They need to be able to push through, as you say. And so when they ingest this caffeine, it's going to help them get to their goal faster, perhaps. However, the long-term implications are... That if you're if you're stressed a lot and you're feeling the effects of stress, um, inevitably, if you keep ingesting that caffeine, it's going to make it worse. And what happens is when our adrenal glands are expo- exposed to caffeine, they release adrenaline and cortisol. So these are two adrenal hormones made by the adrenal glands, and they get dumped into the bloodstream. And when 
adrenaline and cortisol hit the bloodstream, they cause our blood sugar levels to skyrocket. So this harkens back to a couple episodes ago where we were talking about sugar. And when we ingest sugar, that causes our blood sugar levels to go up, which increases our insulin levels. And when insulin goes up, insulin causes a host of other problems. But the big one that we talked about was that insulin tells the body to store fat. So the net effect of ingesting caffeine over prolonged uh, a prolonged period of time, um, especially if your adrenal glands are under duress and you're st- stressed a lot, is your body potentially can store more fat. And that sounds completely counterintuitive from what most people think. Most people think, you know, you drink caffeine, you're buzzing around, you're going to burn off more calories and, and, all, and, and you're going to actually lose weight. And that's true if you, like some people use it as a, as a you know, an upregulator for energy, for, for exercise. And, and to that extent, it's going to help in that department. But the long-term implication is that your insulin levels are going to go up with time. And this is not everybody, and this is not people who are 18 years old and are athletic. This is more people that are 40, 50, 60 years old who have been just in caffeine for many years, decades, uh, and it starts to catch up to you. And so that's a really important thing because, you know, a lot of people would say, oh, no, I use caffeine. You know, I work out and it works great. I I lose weight with it. Uh, I'm talking about the people who are long-term users and are now getting to a point in their life where maybe they're finding a little bit more difficult to lose weight. And I see this all the time. You know, people come in and say, you know, I work out six days a week. I watch what I eat. You know, I don't eat any fat um, and I can't lose weight. And... You know, get them off sugar, get them off caffeine, and typically the weight starts falling off them. Okay, so hold on. So you're telling me that getting a a black coffee with zero calories, and Kev, I've been on a ton of diets, and usually that's included in what's permissible. You're allowed to, now they don't say you have like unlimited coffee, but Mm -hmm. since coffee, and they're not saying have, have decaf, um, Zero calories. So someone out there who's, you know, battling weight issues is thinking that they're consuming a zero calorie drink with no, like, you know, it doesn't, you know, there's no sugar, there's no aspartame or any, you know, any of those things that we've talked about previously. But the caffeine is, with what you've just said, is almost doing or is doing the same thing that the sugar does, boosts the insulin makes the body store more fat and we're kind of back on this other cycle where we thought we we're making a smarter choice. Absolutely. And this is, you know, and that's the the paradoxical effect of caffeine. You know, I you know that and 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 it's for a lot of people it's hard to fathom it, but you know, when you experience it for yourself, you you get to see um, that, that in fact, this this is so often the case, and this isn't always the case. I just I see it so often in people, especially if somebody's insulin resistant, or you know they're like a pre-diabetic. Um, they're going to be much more susceptible to the effects of the caffeine, especially if there's a lot of stress in their life. Uh, and you know, the, the issue is we all have so many variables affecting our health, so you can't make any hard, fast rules that say, okay, if you, if you ingest the caffeine, you're going to gain weight. Just in a general sense, if you've been exposed to caffeine for a long period of time, if you're having problems losing weight, uh, then you don't want to be ingesting caffeine because it's going to be, and more often than not, it's going to be negatively affecting 
you because your insulin levels are going to be up, you're storing more fat. And not only are you storing more fat, if there's a lot of insulin around, it's telling you to store fat and not burn it as an energy source. So your energy is typically going to be lower than it can be. So there's the there's the other side of caffeine. You know, we are assuming we're getting more energy from it, but the long-term effects are that we're actually getting less energy from it. So another thing that uh, that I see it's becoming more prevalent out there with patients is restless leg syndrome and there is a direct connection to caffeine consumption with restless leg syndrome and that's a situation where you know you usually lie down in bed and then you get this really strange feeling in your legs and you have to move them constantly and it usually impairs sleep people can't get to sleep um, or they're getting you know much reduced sleep and getting caffeine out of your body in all forms and again that includes you know green tea or white tea or uh, soft drinks, um, herba mate, chocolate, you got to get it all out. And uh, often I'll find that uh, it helps with restless leg syndrome. Um, the other thing that's a, a, a huge problem nowadays for guys is enlarged prostate. And, you know, I see so much of this now. Uh, you know, enlarged prostate, it's called benign prostatic hyperplasia. Um, it, it's, you know, men over 60, it's just, you know, I don't know, I, don't, I haven't seen the, the numbers, but it's got to be more than 50%, it seems. Uh, and, of course, they say that, you know, prostate cancer, all men or most men will actually get prostate cancer at some point if they live long enough. And caffeine plays havoc with the prostate. It causes, it directly promotes benign prostatic hyperplasia. And so if you have BPH, enlarged prostate, then you need to get off caffeine 100%. And very often just that alone, and there are other factors that play a role, and we're going to be talking about benign prostatic hyperplasia in a, in a show down the line, but um, this is one of the most important things you can do is to get caffeine out of your diet in all forms. Also on the other side of the coin for women, uh, caffeine is directly linked to something called fibrocystic breast disease. Uh, and this is lumpy, painful, tender breasts. Um, and, uh, you know, for some women, that's just something they deal with. They just accept that that's what they, they're going to have to live with. But in most cases, if you get all the caffeine out of your system, it'll go away, or at least the pain will be dramatically reduced. So, you know, that's a that's a huge plus for people. And, it, you know, um, between men and women, those two things come up so often, I see, in, in my practice. And so... Uh, you know, those are those are things that I think hopefully that um, can help people with. Another thing that caffeine is linked to, Rob, is, is uh, arrhythmias or irregular heartbeats. And one of the things that I see commonly um, uh, is called atrial fibrillation. Uh, it's a disease of the heart where, uh, you know, a chamber of the heart actually beats too quickly and uh, it causes um, sometimes fatigue. Uh, it causes, um, uh, you know, just general malaise. Uh, people, you know, don't feel, don't just don't feel right. And I have a number of cases of atrial fibrillation that have completely gone away just by avoiding 100% of the caffeine in the diet. Now, there are other factors that play a role too, but caffeine is a huge one with atrial fib. And it's, it's not all the time. It's just something that, I, you know, I've seen enough cases of it go away completely that it really should be taken note of. And I think uh, hopefully some people out there who have atrial fib can try this out for themselves and see what they think. So, Okay. So you, you've been telling, talking about these different uh, diseases and, and issues where, you know, they, they're not affecting me. But I see these commercials all the time, and they're, like, prescribing new medications, like, you know, the 
um, atrial fib, atrial fib, yeah. fib thing that you just talked about. Um, you know, so oh, I've heard a commercial about that. So basically, if if you could just get um, you know like a huge uh, a coffee producer, you know, with like a white and green label. Um, although you know, I, I I love going there too. But if if you were just to say, <laughs> don't drink our stuff, you you won't have to worry about all these other things. But it, it just seems that it's this big game of uh, you know we we. Um, we, we've created a culture, and you know where we are in the Pacific Northwest. That's you know, coffee is a is a is a big thing. It's a huge social thing. Absolutely. And and here, like this this you know, and it's probably been big for twenty years. So we're probably just coming through. Like, and as you're you know quoting all these stats, like now they're really starting to go. Hey, like this is this stuff snowballing. Like it's really. Um, you know, just because it, it's cool to drink coffee, where before, like, coffee didn't taste that great. Like, you go and you get, you know, you'd have, you'd only have one cup because it was crappy coffee, right? And right. you remember the uh, old, uh, you know, like the old Maxwell House commercials or like old commercials, and and oh, you know, oh, you know, that coffee doesn't taste great. I'll just have one cup or just half a cup, right? Yeah, and uh, and now it's like such a big thing of our culture and. I'm sure this this these issues that you're introducing us to are like steamrolling, you know, un, underneath the current, and it's going to hit us hard soon if they haven't started hitting us already. Well, you know, I think it's it's a great point. Uh, you would assume that to be the case, but because coffee and caffeine is a multi-billion-dollar industry, they're protecting their interests. They don't want this information out there. They don't they don't want people to know that. There's anything wrong with ingesting this, and in fact, Google it. If you Google caffeine and its and its health implications, most of it comes out saying it's it's nothing wrong with it. Don't worry about it. You know, 300 milligrams of caffeine a day, it's okay. It's not even gonna hurt. Even if you're pregnant, it's not going to hurt you. When in fact, there's very definitive information to show that if you're pregnant, uh, you don't want to ingest caffeine because it well. It can cause miscarriages and low birth weight babies. And if you're trying to get pregnant, it can actually prevent conception. So, you know, I mean, this information, you're going to have to Google. If you're Googling it, you're going to have to, you know, go down five pages to get to the, the nitty-gritty that actually tells you the, you know, the, the negative uh, implications that are science-based, that are, you know, that are shown in some of these important medical journals. Because uh, nobody wants this information out there. Well, and the big companies, and you know, with my business as a marketer, you know, we know how to not manipulate, but fill up those search results. Absolutely. And who's going to pay? Who's going to pay for that? Not, uh, you know, not the anti-caffeine movement, because right, you know, that's just educational. Right. You know, it's going to be people who have billions of dollars on the line. Proprietary interest. It's all about proprietary yeah. interest. And, and it's not just caffeine. I mean, this, you know, the sugar industry is the same way. And, you know, a lot to do with the food industry. And, and you know, uh, the, the medications out there, the pharmaceutical industry, if there's a proprietary interest, there's no doubt that their, um, their agenda is going to be pushed and typically, the negative side of that agenda or the opposite of that agenda is going to be pushed away. So we have to search for those things if we're looking for a true sort of middle-of-the-road approach. 
um, rather than listening to what these companies are, are touting um, as the benefits of their product, um, while at the same time hiding any of the negative or side effects or the negative effects of ingesting those substances. And unfortunately, that's just the way it is in the world we live in today. Money makes the world go round. So, Kev, yeah, what do you, what else do we have? Well, the other thing I just wanted to mention was um, about, you know, some of the drinks and some of the substances out there, the drinks mainly that contain caffeine. And, you know, what I say is, you know, 50 milligrams of caffeine, if you ingest that in a day, most people are going to start... Um, in, they're going to there, there will be some negative health implications anything above 50 milligrams of caffeine a day and for a lot of people you know I have patients 5 milligrams a day and they know that there's a problem but for the average person anything more than 50 milligrams so you know like um, an all city energy drink is 300 milligrams of caffeine uh, a Barks root beer is uh, 23 milligrams Chocolate milk's five milligrams. Uh, you know, a Coke Classics around thirty-five milligrams. Uh, Diet Coke, forty-five milligrams. A full throttle is one hundred and forty-five. A Jolt is two hundred. Um, you know, McDonald's large coffee, one hundred and forty-five milligrams. A Red Bull, uh, eighty milligrams. You know, pain medications and cold medications, they range anywhere from about fifteen to two hundred milligrams of caffeine per. I mean, they don't all have it, but some some will have caffeine, and that's the range for them. Uh, Rock Stars, 160 milligrams. Uh, Snapple Elements is 108 milligrams of caffeine. Um, you know, uh, Starbucks Grande is uh, Americano. That's 225. A Starbucks Grande Coffee is 330 milligrams. Uh, hold Star- on, hold on. Starbucks Grande Coffee is 330. Yeah. And you said anything over 50 is, like, 50 should be the, like, well, there should be zero. But you yeah. said 50 is going to start, over 50 is going to give you health implications. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, you know, this, you know, so one Starbucks Grande, you know, you're already six and a half times above what I was saying, you know, the 50 milligram mark. So that's just one of them. And, you know, I, I know lots of people have two or three of those in a day. So, you know, inevitably that's that's going to affect you. You know, it's got to catch up to you somewhere. And a black tea ranges from 50 to 60 milligrams. Uh, a green tea, 25 to 35 milligrams. Um, so, you know, I think the bottom line here is if you're trying to help your health, if you have health problems and you're trying to get well again, you need to cut caffeine out of your diet completely. Ideally, that's what we're looking at. You know, if you're looking for and you have to have some caffeine, and you drink a little green tea, that's probably the best thing you can do because green tea has over 100 antioxidants in it, so it's got some wonderful things in it that are really good for you, much, much more than any coffee drink would have. Um, and the, the amount of, of caffeine is minimal. That's not to say that it's not going to affect you, and some people are absolutely affected by one cup of green tea. But you know, if you have to default to something, that's that's a better option. I actually recommend water decaffeinated green tea for most of my patients because you're going to get less than five milligrams of caffeine in that drink typically. Um, and decaf black tea as well, 
you know, is, is generally uh, is pretty good. Again, water decaffeination me- method, uh, because there are some pretty nasty chemicals that they decaffeinate with, and you don't want those in your system. And so, so, so for folks to to they just have to ask, how is this decaffeinated? Is it chemically done or water decaf? Water decaf. A, they call it a Swiss water method, and there's another they just call it water method. Uh, and it's a it's a much safer way um, than the um, you know uh, ethyl acetate uh, and sort of like a dry cleaning solvent basically that they use to to decaf some some of these uh, caffeinated substances. So um, yeah, so you know I mean in a nutshell, Rob, what what I'm really trying to get across here is that there are a lot of reasons why people shouldn't put this into their body. And you know uh, if you're trying to get well, if you're if you've got health issues from whether that be joint pain or whether that be heart-related problems or you're trying to lose some weight, um, you're just trying to get healthy because your energy is low, um, you got to get caffeine and sugar out of your, uh, out of your body. And, um, you know, that's basically what the four of these first five episodes are about. And we're going to be touching on some more uh, very important uh, foods and their implications on health in the subsequent episodes. So, um, you know, I think... Uh, uh, you know, there's there's a, there's a lot more to come. So, just to you know, to leave the folks that you know, because you've ruined their day, and you know, probably <laughs> I'm used to that, especially the next four days. Um, what's a like? What would be a good alternative to you know, in the morning, um, like like drinking hot water? Obviously, isn't you know, there's nothing, there's no aroma. Uh, I've heard. What about like? A little bit of cinnamon and lemon juice and hot water, or is like what are some alternatives? Because we don't want them to go cold turkey and miss out on their routine. Because, as you said, the routine is part of the addiction too of having the coffee or just how to start their day. Yeah, not so true. Um, you know, anytime you take something out, you want to try and find something to fill the void with. Uh, you know, herbal teas are in generally excellent options. But, you know, you said, you know, a lot of people love just hot water with a little lemon in it. So, you know, lemon juice squeezed into it, a little stevia if you need to sweeten it, or just, just a slice of lemon in a, in a you know, jar, a glass of hot water. Um, that's, that's certainly a possibility. You know, uh, as I mentioned, decaf black and green tea are options. Um, and there are some coffee substitutes out there. You know, they're, they're generally made with roasted chicory. And actually, chicory is a great herb. And roasted chicory is actually good for your liver. And, you know, we were talking about caffeine and how it affects liver. Um, Chicory actually helps rejuvenate the liver. So roasted chicory, and actually some of the coffee mixes out there, they put roasted chicory in with the coffee because it kind of has that a more uh, full-bodied flavor compared to most of the roasted grains. So, you know, if you can get a, a roasted chicory alternative, a lot of people find that that's, uh, you know, that, that kind of fills the, the void left by the coffee or the absence of the coffee. So that, and then there's other things where they use roasted grains like barley and rye and those kind of things like uh, calf lib, crackus, and um, um, uh, I can't remember the other one. But, that, you know, the, those, are the, those are two of the big ones. That are um, that are commonly found, usually in health food stores, that kind of thing. That uh, they would offer an alternative to to coffee. Okay. 
Well, that's great. And I think, uh, you know, you've given everyone some, you know, great stuff to think about, um, you know, to contemplate their daily routine as they uh, go, you know, go through the day and, uh, you know, when they're, when they're going to reach for that coffee or go, you know, go to the store to get that, uh, maybe give them a, something to think about anyway. And, uh, and as you've talked about before, you know, you don't have to do it cold turkey, just maybe just try to wean yourself off and, um, you know, get below, you know, at least if instead of going caffeine free, just bring it down to a point where you're below that, you know, that 50 milligram point and, um, yeah, whatever it takes, Rob, you know, I think it's the, the bottom line is here. We, you know, if a person can get away from caffeine completely, then that's fantastic. If they can reduce it, that's better. You know, it's better than not doing anything. And so, you know, uh, depends on how severe a person's health concerns are. You know, if, if you've got severe health concerns, I say, you know, do everything you can um, to get your body as clean as possible. And your body can't be cleaned if you're ingesting caffeine on a regular basis. Okay. Well, you've heard it, and uh, I wish you all you the best. You might not like it, but yeah, you've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you all the best of luck for the next four days. But uh, after that, and when you join us next week, um, we'll be looking to talk to the new caffeine-free you uh, when uh, uh, when we meet again. Well, uh, on behalf of Dr. Kevin Jackson, uh, you know, thanks so much for this, Kev. As always, these are super eye-opening, and uh, you know, our, our whole purpose of doing this is just to give, uh, you know, to shed some light on things that uh, you know, big corporate companies are not going to do it. The government's not going to do it, and a lot of the doctors aren't going to aren't going to know this either. And we just want to get this information to you so that you can make a better choice next time. Um, you're faced with making those decisions. So, and if you f- if you think that you've uh, got any help uh, out of this at all, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, please uh, give us a a rating on iTunes, and you can just uh, do that through your mobile phone or go to the uh, iTunes uh, library on uh, on the internet. And uh, and also too, if it's helping someone, you know what? Tell someone else to. Uh, download it or show them how they can download it to their phone as well and uh i'm sure kevin and i would uh you know love to for to have as many people listen to this uh it's all these things that kevin is talking about have helped me out and uh i'm a work in progress so i'm gonna hold kevin to the uh you know i'm gonna question him because you know i'm not giving up everything so we're just you know doing it in small little chunks here but uh um Hopefully, you and I can go through this uh, process together of getting to your best you today. On behalf of Kevin Jackson, this is Rob Heppel. This has been another episode of Your Best You Today with Dr. Kevin Jackson and Rob Heppel, where they tackle nutritional topics so that you can become your best you today. To ask a question or leave a comment, visit the website at www.yourbestyoutoday.com. Make sure that you never miss another episode by subscribing to this podcast for free on iTunes.